Hello and welcome to Hey, I Loved That Movie, the podcast where we rewatch the films we loved when we were younger to see if they still hold up. I'm Dan. I'm Michael. I'm Poppy. And I'm Luke. And for today's episode, we watched Scooby-Doo. So, Scooby-Doo came out in 2002, very much a product of that time. How, it is ti- how dare you? It is <laughs> well, you can tell because timeless. it opens with like a light hip hop adaptation of the Scooby Doo theme song. <laughs> yeah, like just generally, the soundtrack in this is off the charts, but we'll go into that a bit later. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they didn't rely too heavily on the soundtrack, but when they did, it slapped. There's yeah. a lot of yeah, a, a lot of very like this. This is a band from the early aughts kind of vibes going on in the soundtrack. It's yeah, pretty... I'm very surprised that the band that was playing when they first arrived on the island wasn't Smash Mouth. Honestly, it was Sugar Ray because Sugar Ray were actually in the film. I'm pretty sure they were on the plane as like one of the group of the people on the plane with them. Oh, I possibly. didn't clock that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know. They look like a band from the 2000s, and most people on that plane look like they could be a in a band from the 2000s except for scooby dressed as a woman who like all i could think of is you know that scene in is it the third jurassic park movie where the velociraptor's like alan yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we should probably go through the story if anyone hasn't seen scooby-doo number one go and see it uh number two the story is a masterpiece if absolutely so it, it starts with of course Old Man Smithers, the creepy janitor, being behind the uh, ghost. The lunar ghost. The lunar ghost, yeah. I want to point yeah. out in the skateboarding scene, Shaggy skates regular footed. That means that his left foot is forwards and he does a pretty good hippie jump over an object and then up to do a frontside 5-0 grind on the quarter pipe. This was done by Tim Dorfus McDougall, who died in 2017 and got the gig by the actual regular book stuntman whose name I couldn't remember couldn't actually skate the quarter pipe that was built for that stunt and so because they were filming it in Australia they just got like a mate in to do it who could like do a frontside 5-0 so yeah wow R.I.P. Tim that opening scene is weird though so yeah the lunar ghost mm-hmm. do they ever explain why he glows radiation no i don't know <laughs> no i'm not too sure <laughs> like i think a strong point of this movie is that it knows that you know the scooby-doo cartoon like all of the episodes that you'd seen before they just use it as their backstory they don't have to explain who these people are they don't have to you know I go sh- into all their past they're just like here's these people here's pamela anderson now they're splitting up oh no <laughs> We don't yeah, have love to wait the Pam Anderson cameo. I yeah. forgot Valor Anderson. We it. don't have to wait for Shaggy's Uncle Ben to tell him that with great power comes great responsibility. We don't need true. to see Fred's aunt die. None of this needs to happen. We just like everyone knows the very detailed Scooby Doo backstory and is down with it and ready to go. So I... his his parents get shot in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> by Joe that's Chill. Turns to stopping crime. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it turns out mean. the twist the whole time is it was Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Scooby was dead the whole time. <laughs> Choice quote from that opening sequence is teamwork. I do a tremendous amount of teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> from Fred. Fred is amazing in this film. Oh, I sure. think the casting overall was just fantastic. I think they made the characters recognizable mm-hmm. as the people they were trying to be. Like they kept to the cartoon. You could tell it was those characters. But the little sprinkles of characterization they gave them, like Fred being so full of himself, yeah. was just 
Amazing. Sarah Michelle Geller as Daphne, they were like, we, we basically got Buffy. Exactly. Have- <laughs> Daphne the vampire slayer. Yeah. yeah. And then Velma's voice, incredible. Oh, yes. Like, the voice was down. And I mean, Matthew Lillard? Lillard. Matthew Lillard, yeah. In, in this house, we stand. Uh, Shaggy is incredible. Yes, uh, incredible. And, and Scooby Doo, the animator that made Scooby Doo. <laughs> Like, even though he was overly cartoony, mm-hmm. he looked like he belonged there. The amount like, he interacts with the environment and that was, was just great. There's a point I really wanted to, to make about that style of 3D animation, because a lot of these, we've gone on about 3D animation doesn't hold up and a lot of 2D animation does. And I think it's because all of those old 3D animations, they tried to make it look too real. This yeah. like kind of hits the uncanny valley a bit yeah but all of the animation in this it looks just cartoony enough that it it lasts because it was never meant to look realistic and i, it I, was I love the, kind of the issue they had with the sonic the hedgehog movie when that first came out we were like oh god what is that and then they made him look more cartoony it's fine it's great yeah. and it will oh, hold up have human teeth eventually if it scooby-doo had, had human teeth oh my god no and like <laughs> tiny human eyes not in his mouth just he has human teeth i think one of the reasons why scooby seems to fit the environment is because they didn't just like keep scooby as cartoony but like the color grading of the film the like way it's shot is like mm. cartoony in itself there's a lot of that present in this movie it's like the, the skateboarding sequence again the running on oil and including the like Hanna-Barbera sound effects just keeps they, it like this is a cartoon it's just live action. I like how they very much kept to one solid colour for each character that represented them. That was very fun. So, so I mean I, I want to start with um, a part of the plot which is just the spoiler for the end which yeah, is that Can we explain the film? <laughs> yeah of course okay. I, so, I just wanted to say about how great Rowan Atkinson was and when you incredible. know the twist it's even better. <laughs> oh he's just an absolute gem honestly he made me laugh out loud several times the main plot of the film is yeah they break up and then they're invited to this spooky island and things are down there are monsters that are not fake they're real which is i want to talk about that and then big adventure they're trying to work out what's going on and someone needs scooby's soul no they need everyone's soul they need loads of people's souls and they need scooby's soul because he's pure to transform themselves into a stronger power and make it so the monsters can live during the day because currently the day kill the daylight kills them what was the theme of spooky island because you had (laughs) skeletons like (laughs) tribal dancers there was one guy who was like a luchador that character was my favorite character for some reason there was a wrestler uh they also had a load of different mascots like i think at one point there was um a flamingo and uh, yeah i couldn't quite i was watching it i couldn't quite work out what why you'd want to go to spooky island they imply it's meant to be like a theme park but there's no rides one there's one ride and it's closed off because they're using it as a brainwashing facility (laughs) yeah what's the point because it has all of these teenagers in it and i can't work out why they're there it doesn't look fun it's not a great island Specifically, the brainwashing facility was for the monsters once they had inhabited the teenagers to learn to act like normal teenagers, yeah. which beautiful, I, like, this is how young people speak language. I would like words with whoever made that instructional video, because 
that is how I view young people speaking to me. <laughs> yeah, like imagine if you're a, an ancient monster who's lived on this island forever, and you have to teach people how how to talk like a teenager, and your only reference of teenager is just before they go to college. <laughs> you're not going to get a frame of good frame of reference of how to be a human. So how would you guys make that? And how would you guys make you have to teach you have a group of monsters? How would you teach them how to be human? Plug them into Twitter. <laughs> Don't do that. It's not that it makes them more human. It's that it makes everyone else less human and so they'll get closer i mean why do they have to appear human is it for purposes of infiltration I in that I case think... why would you use teenagers i think they're the easiest to get onto the island because how are you going to convince like an oap to come to this spooky theme park island i've got um very <laughs> very cheap meals <laughs> cheap meals served at three three in the afternoon yeah, yeah it's a all-inclusive trip to spooky island they're like oh get a little buffet and then we'll go and see the tribal dancers <laughs> oh god that one's a bit spooky isn't it it'd be the same but with more slurs <laughs> so i want to go back a bit and talk about when the gang splits up Sad um, moment of the film yeah like velma quits first and honestly good for her they weren't respecting her. And it cuts quite abruptly to two years later where we get a shot of the mystery machine with smoke coming out of it and past the Dutch she is playing. <laughs> yeah, what would yeah. you best immediately yeah. weed reference? Talk about Toasted. Welcome to the first segment of the Weed Zone. There um, was lots of implied drug use in the, in this movie. It was fantastic. It's, I mean, isn't that the point of Shaggy? Specifically it's weed. Heavily implied the use of weed. Pastor Dutchie was such a choice there. Like, <laughs> it's one that like the adults are going to get. Yeah, very, very good to go back and get blasted with that. Um, in the meantime, in those two years, Velma has been designing uh, missile defense systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for NASA. What is she doing with the, <laughs> with the Scooby gang? Honestly. I never yeah, thought but... about that. <laughs> yeah, but also classic like amoral nerd shit of immediately going towards, yeah, I just I've got these tech powers and so I'll use them for the military. It's like Velma, so, come on. So like the gang are tricked into reuniting at the airport mm -hmm. and Scooby comes in dressed as a grandma. What? No prosthetics or anything. He's clearly just a dog in a grandma suit and no one clocks it. I... Which makes so much sense when you consider that the director of this movie Raja Gosnell also did Big Mama's House <laughs> it's the same costume yes <laughs> oh my god but I, I want to before we go I just want to go back Daphne learnt martial arts Oh yeah, in two years. In yeah, two. like she must have been doing something pretty impressive, like maybe fighting vampires or something. Who knows? Yeah. Fred wrote, I'm going to assume Ghost wrote, had a book Ghost written for him. I assume he did because he's reading it on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> which, which was a, a great touch. Right. So, Quick question. Which Ghost wrote it? Um, the... <laughs> Turns out no, the ghost, ghost, right? It was just a janitor. Ghosts, <laughs> yeah, ghosts aren't real. Except when they are, which they are a lot in this film. It was the 10,000 volt ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Great so writer. we're on, on the plane to Spooky Island. We're introduced to, to Mary Jane, Shaggy's love name. interest. And he got, yeah, that is like my favorite name. <laughs> Once again, welcome back to the second ever yeah. segment of The Weed Zone. Uh, <laughs> the Weed Zone is just whenever Shaggy's on screen. Basically. This was, <laughs> this was the reference that I caught as a kid, specifically Mary Jane. That's my favorite name. Yeah. And then uh, Mary Jane, played by the wonderful Isla Fisher, she immediately says she loves eating dog treats. Yes, which 
in, to anyone else, it's a massive red flag. It's weird that there was a movie that did almost this exact scene verbatim. Have you ever seen Showgirls? There's a mm-hmm. scene in Showgirls where they bond over both eating dog food when they were children. And I'm just mentioning it because like, it's only ha- I've only seen two movies like that, but it's weird that it happened more than once. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense in one where one of the characters is a big talking dog dressed as a grandma, but I'm guessing that doesn't happen in Showgirls. Oh, you, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Scooby Snack the vegan. So that's good. I used to <laughs> pretend that mini cheddars were Scooby Snacks when I was little. It's also important that I'm just remembering this. She has them in a, like a clear plastic bag, which you can get boxes. Of, they Jackie and Scooby boxes of them. Yeah, <laughs> but like, what, what is their Scooby Snack policy on the plane? You know, <laughs> yeah, you can't bring that many Scooby Snacks. This is a post 9 11 movie. Had to bring them on in a clear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we had to abide by that on a private plane. Who knows? what you could do with an entire box that's also a good point so they were on a private plane full of teenagers who are going to spooky island so is spooky island just inviting very specific people because they're on they're on like spooky airways i think it was called or something like that well you'd think that it wouldn't cost that much because the end game is to like suck out their souls and everything they probably like oh we'll cut the price so that they'll come over but, but they're on a private jet I sort of assumed it'd be, I guess, like how Jurassic Park would work, where you get to a certain area and then there is just like a plane or a boat or something. Because they, they arrive on a boat, right? They're on a plane to I somewhere and then so. I think they then get a boat to Spooky There's Island. definitely a, a dock. Yeah, I think they yeah. do get a boat over. I'm remembering the plane taking off and them arriving in a boat. Yeah, that's what happens. That is exactly what happens. <laughs> and I, it just hit me that there is no... If there is a connection there, I can't remember it. Um, I don't remember them switching from plane to boat either. All of the students leaving, by the way, that are behaving totally different are because they're occupied by the monsters. Yeah. So as a general, like, completely unresolved thread, there are lots of monster-possessed <laughs> students just in the world now. Oh, I assumed that, uh, spoilers for a 19-year-old movie, but when the souls get knocked over at the end, that they all sort of go to everyone. Yeah. But Although, means, like, what if what if they're from different time zones and the monster um, pops out at night and doesn't die? Well, that's exactly. the plot for Scooby-Doo 3, Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo 3, Tokyo Drift. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, like, the next plot point, in the movie is everyone ending up at the haunted castle mm-hmm. um daphne gets there by just stumbling upon a guy who's just seasoning a chicken on the beach <laughs> and it's it's never explained he's like yeah i do voodoo it, no, but why are you here my friend he's sacrificing the chicken isn't he but it's the chicken's like, not alive yeah the chicken's dead it's like no fucking no shit yeah <laughs> Which, he is my favorite character is <laughs> the interaction of like that the chicken said it's like well yeah and uh real quickly i want to talk about daphne's choice to wear go-go boots to a hot beach resort yes you know she had sweaty calves and you know that she couldn't walk on sand because they had heels and she powered through it she sacrifices it all for fashion i can respect that it's all that martial arts training she did <laughs> on those legs. the whole movie she does a lot of running i do like that about daphne i think that's my favorite thing about her and i think she might be my favorite character just that she's very like hyper feminine but not the damsel but she yeah. never does it by sort of sacrificing her femininity which yeah. a lot of movies do she's still like very glamorous very into her clothes and her hair and everything until the end but also she learned how to protect herself now it's very cool to see especially from a movie that came out in 2002 
Yeah, which the costuming isn't great for the female characters, but I mean, yeah, no, I really like that, that Daphne was never like not feminine, but still kick ass. I mean, apparently, when they were filming it, they were going for a more adult kind of movie, and they had yeah. to use CGI to fill in some of the cleavage when Wait, it was more of a kids film. <laughs> Have we got a small soldiers? Yeah, we've got a small soldier situation. Like this was, yeah, it was confirmed by I, I think James Gunn spoke about it on Twitter because he's the guy that wrote the movie yeah he wrote, wrote um, the screenplay for one and two yeah and yeah he was saying that it was originally going to be a more sort of adult orientated take on scooby-doo and then yeah kind of like what happened with small soldiers they, they that does like, come through in some in yeah. some parts of it <laughs> it explains the weed zone well, i think that would have been there anyway mm, jokes definitely for the adults watching it with the kids in those kind of movies yeah, now I want to see the Gremlins cut of Scooby Doo. I want to see the adult cut. I want to see the cut before all the changes. <laughs> Release the, the cleavage, cleavage cut. cut. <laughs> so my big question is, why did they keep the secret brainwashing stuff in an unlocked castle that looks like a ride? The only spare room they had. I the guess. Yeah. <laughs> Taken up by teenagers. Yeah, I mean the original Johnny English when they find him at the end, he I think he did actually own it was a theme park. Yeah, and. Scrappy had just sort of taken it over. A terrible theme park. Yeah, I, I actually forgot about the scene where Fred's talking and it shows the little backstory bit with Scrappy. I, I had actually forgotten about that bit and that thought is... it's just at the end, it's like, surprise, it's Scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> now that is Velma chatting with a randomer at the bar. Yeah, the guy he was oh, researching yeah. the artifact out in the open yep. and just randomly launches off into Scrappy Doo's backstory, which mm -hmm. felt like the like sloppiest bit of writing for me in this film. I mean, I... first of all, giving Velma a male love interest in both movies, just mm -hmm. lesbian erasure. But also the love interest in the first one didn't do anything. But I think that scene of her talking about Scrappy Doo's backstory, I think that was definitely added after the film was finished. Probably like the test screenings were like, what happened at the end? And they were, they were probably told, hey, can you put something in? Yeah, which is weird because like a, I say, a, a lot of the early parts of the film relies on the fact that you know Scooby-Doo. People going into this aren't exactly going in blind having never seen anything to do with Scooby-Doo before. Yeah, but in the cartoons does Scrappy-Doo hate Scooby? Ooh. No, it's more that people that. hated Scrappy. I well, I I say that people hated Scrappy. Adults hated Scrappy more than children. I think a lot of children actually quite like Scrappy and were kind of distraught by the ending. Another hint at the um, earlier adult origins of this movie during the Scrappy backstory. Oh God, he's peeing on me, she yep. says about Scrappy. Gasp. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> He's the filthiest character. Like, he very almost gets to say son of a bitch at the end. If any character in a cartoon has ever should be allowed to say son of a bitch, it's Scrappy-Doo. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the only cartoon character I can imagine, kids cartoon character I can imagine, swearing a lot. Like, too much. Can, uh, can we talk about that one throwaway line where Scooby says that Shaggy drinks out of the toilet? What the fuck that. was that? Do you think he likes it still or sparkling? Sparkling? Yeah, when you flush it. <laughs> was it an insult? I can't remember when it was said, but was it said as an insult or just in casual? Yeah, he well, does that. Shaggy said, shut up, Scooby, you drink out the toilet or something, and Scooby retorts it with, well, so do you. And I was like, huh. That's this... interesting to unpack. So um, it being a movie from the 2000s, there is, of course, a, a gratuitous 
fart scene. Yeah, obviously. I, I did laugh because um, farts are funny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It holds up. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it was just great. There's childhood of farts are funny. There's young adulthood of pretending that farts aren't funny. And then there's actually being an adult and being like, yeah, farts are funny. Yeah, but the stages of grief. But... <laughs> the the stages of three stages of fart joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the monsters in this movie... They they don't look good. No, <laughs> the CGI is bad on them, but they still activate my fight or flight because of their. I hate their long, gangly limbs. Mm. They just do something to me. Their eyes are cute though. Their eyes their, are dog Their eyes are kind of cute. Did those so those monsters like originated on the island? Then there was just an island full of monsters that I I don't know that they ever go that deep into it. No, no I think they do. They do say that there were monsters on the island first, and then some guy turned up and built a theme park on it. Oh, it's all connected to that. The Damon writers looks like the Millennium Puzzle from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I think that allows them to exist during the day so they can go around the world and not be hindered and take over the world. Yes, yeah, I just right. remembered that they confirmed that Scrappy's not a puppy. Yes, he just has a hormonal problem. So <laughs> he's an adult pissing yeah. on Daphne. Yes, but he's also a dog. He knew what he was doing. Yes. He Why did. does Scrappy... I know this is an, a question as old as time, as old as Scooby-Doo. Why does Scrappy... Why is Scrappy allowed to talk like a full human? And Scooby talks like that. That makes me question, are they actually just dogs? Because Scooby has a pure soul. Mm. I know they say, oh, it doesn't need to be human, but surely most dogs have a pure soul. Uh, Because I think the only other dog on the island is Scrappy, and Scrappy, as we all know, isn't pure. And just say, oh, hey, bring your dogs. He's also the revenge on Scooby. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, just turn it, instead of a Holiday Island for students, have it be like a Holiday Island for dog people. It's a big dog park. (laughs) Giant, scary dog park. (laughs) It's a spooky island for dogs. Come and walk your dog along the haunted beach, the haunted forest, the haunted field. Jump scare sounds, but really, really high pitched. <laughs> oh, that would mean that the video that's played at the castle where they train them to be humans will be them training the monsters how to be dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's some kink shit. <laughs> so one of the suspects when they're done reviewing all of their clues is the guy who was leading the sort of dancing festival because he believes the park is built on sacred ground. But like, does he? I assume that was kind of a shtick. <laughs> No, because the, the monsters are real, right? Yeah, but I, I assumed he was kind of playing it up because Velma, when she sees him perform, is like, these are projectors because, she, you know, she can't have fun. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah, no, she kind yeah. of... Absolute nerd. But she wouldn't... Um, I, I guess you can't have the monsters dancing about during that festival or else they'll go, oh, look, the monsters, they're real. Unless it's like a brilliant chess move where they know that Velma would see them and be like, oh, these monsters aren't real, it's all fake, and get lulled into a false sense of security. But I don't think scrappy is that clever. It's weird because Mr. Tribes People Are Scary and uh, Telemundo's Spider-Man really do seem to be in on this game, and I can't work out why. Telemundo's Spider-Man especially. What's his deal? So, yeah, he's just a... He's the Enforcer? Because yeah. he's not one of the monsters, is he? He's just a dude. Yeah, because it's only the teenagers that and, that... and and Mary Jane gets taken over by one of the monsters at one point. And, oh, actually, yeah, so does Fred... 
Velma and Daphne, they get taken over by the monsters for a brief period of time. And then you get that amazing scene where their souls go back into the wrong bodies. I can't work out if they were before or after Futurama on that ship. I think accidentally being put in the wrong body after your soul has been taken from you is a really old trope. I will say one of the bits that didn't age particularly well was fred being put into daphne's body and then choosing to look down her shirt and talking about how he can look at her naked now yeah yeah so the bit where the monsters show up in the the hotel yes scooby escapes by like defenestrating himself and his friends and (laughs) they all camp out on the the beach um waiting for help to arrive which you know is not gonna and they wake up in the morning and all the windows are fixed they never explain how monsters they have a cleanup crew i guess much like they have a glazier <laughs> they have a double blade. <laughs> <laughs> they have their interior design team and uh, painter and decorators come in. Have you have you not seen DIY SOS with Nick Knowles? A weird episode of <laughs> DIY SOS. Or hey, uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. We're here on Spooky Island. <laughs> and today we are cleaning up after the monsters. Right, now they're going to wake up on the beach in about two hours' time and we've still got about three hours' worth of work to get done. Oh no. Let's crack oh, on with it, guys. If we get some more monsters in on this painting, they start to wake up and they just crack them over their head so they'll just <laughs> they stay a bit longer. Full Home Alone style, just smash them in the face with a paint can. They were actually out for a week. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how long they were out for. They might have been asleep for a few days. So Spooky Island has a real problem with security on the bad guy end. Because not only did they leave the bowl of souls unguarded, Mm-hmm. The whole brainwashing room. Yeah. Like I know they had a guy looking at monitors and stuff, but they you just post a guy outside. Damon Wright has had a cage that closed up when you took it off, but they could just leave the cage closed and only unlock it when they need it. Yeah. Just thinking about the soul bowl. When it's tipped over and all the souls go back to where they were, there are quite high chances that the souls went into the wrong body. The explanation is that Fred couldn't find his own body, got lost, panicked and went for Daphne. Okay, but these are teenagers. Especially if they're the teenagers that have already left the island and mm. God knows how far away now. Yeah, <laughs> like, how are they meant to find where their bodies are? Because these yeah. people aren't going back to their normal lives. They don't, The monsters don't know how these people lived. So there's a bit where Shaggy picks the souls of his friends out of the soul bowl mm-hmm. and he lets them go so they can return to their bodies. He picks a random guy out and the guy's like, oh, thank you for saving me. It's been so long. I've been... And Shaggy puts him back in. Yeah, what else are you going to do? <laughs> just let him go. <laughs> just, just tip the whole bowl over in the first place. Although I guess they yeah. don't know what they need them for at that point. And if they didn't tip the bowl over, you wouldn't have got the buff scrappy scene. The floating hey. faces in the bowl do not look good. No. So the the bit where Fred and Velma are hiding amongst the cult before they begin the big ritual definitely looked like some sort of TikTok dance. Yeah, I mean, Fred just kind of goes off to sleep. Fred can't dance. It's good characterization for Fred to be completely unable to dance and really confident about it. Yeah. Fred <laughs> sort of incredulous, incredulously claiming that they forgot to do the electric slide is <laughs> <He's> great. <laughs> And then Velma backs him up. Yeah. What a good friend. Do you reckon if she stood there and pointed at him, they would have let her go? And while all that is happening, 
Daphne is upstairs fighting the wrestler. And very luckily, there just happens to, for some reason, be four posts of elastic around the hole that needs to be opened. (laughs) So she can do a proper wrestling move off of it. (laughs) Once again, just like cartoon shit there, right? Like, fully accept that in the world, like, the zany shit happens. Having it be wrestling, though, was, like, I do love that. Yeah, and her just doing, like, a ridiculous amount of spins before kicking him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just just going all out on the ridiculous. <laughs> like, But it was it was great. Oh, no. like, Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar can just do that. Oh, no, exactly. She trained how <laughs> to was, do it for Buffy. That was live action. She can just do that. What would happen if you just ate a soul? Do you Did think it would kick... your body? Yeah, she would it kick it? your current soul out, or...? You get slightly bigger, but one of your arms. Yeah, I suppose that is what happens to Scrappy, isn't it? He just sort of absorbs all the souls and then becomes massive. And so when they when they manage to use the machine thing to basically uncork him and uh, get all the souls back out, and he's just becoming tiny again. And it, is it just his head that's left massive at the end? And it just looks so weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about Scrappy as the villain, honestly. I feel like his, his justification for trying to rip out the souls of of his friends, uh, his former friends, and a lot of innocent people was just kind of petty. Yeah. I think it kind of, I don't know, it plays into most of what Scooby-Doo was normally about, though. Like, all, all of the villains were always just like, oh, I just wanted, you know, a bit of cash. <laughs> uh, no, the, the, the real villain, the person behind the mask of the monster in every Scooby-Doo thing is just a guy, but always the thi- the monster behind the guy is always capitalism, yeah. right? Like, every, <laughs> every time uh, the driving force of the person who is the person behind the mask of the monster is always that they're trying to make money a lot of the villains in scooby-doo i feel like the most some of them would get charged with is maybe light trespassing (laughs) a lot of them never actually do anything public nuisance yeah harassment yeah well no it's not even trespassing because most of the time it's the janitor who is trespassing if anything the one person who's meant to be there at after hours also where did they get the climbing harnesses from they just have them with them i imagine they're they... all they're all harness trained as well which like good um because otherwise there's some serious safety violations going on there yes. well i mean shaggy apparently isn't very harness no. trained <laughs> <laughs> i imagine he was trained but he was baked when he did the seminar the the harnesses are color coded aren't they mm-hmm. they're, they're color matching it's a cartoon it's like it's a cartoon it's just shot with people Um, but i I like the idea of them when they bought those harnesses for whatever reason they were adamant of having their own colors it it just fits the characters so well though but if you knew a person like that that wore one color and everything they bought was that shade of that color i'd be a bit worried for them I read an article about someone like that, and they did seem a bit, bit nutso. They are a kind of guy. They, they even have a name for that. Like, like it's not monochromat though, because that's someone who that's has a like kind of color blindness. Yeah, it's a really specific kind of rare kind of color blindness, right? Yeah, um, yeah. That's when you only see in black and white, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one color. Do dogs supposedly only see in black and white? Do you think? Scooby can only see in black and white. Yeah, he doesn't know they're color-coded. One thing they, they did get wrong about the costumes in Scooby-Doo is um, Fred's costume. In the film, he's wearing, like, it's a jumper shirt trousers thing. In the TV shows, it's a the blue bit is a jumpsuit that goes all the way down. 
And I think they're cowards for not doing that. Yeah, his ascot didn't seem to stand out quite as much either. Allegedly, um, Freddie Prince Jr. hated wearing the ascot, so I think maybe they toned it down a little. I know in, in the second one, he doesn't wear it very often at all. It's, it's one of those <laughs> things where Scooby-Doo's been running for so long that you get the similar thing with The Simpsons, where Homer was a teenager in the 90s and an adult in the 80s. Yeah. Um, because The Simpsons has been running for so long and is utterly timeless. You get a similar thing of like these people were the the gang was solving mysteries in 1970. It's 2004 and they're still like 25. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we talk about the masks in the Scooby Doo film? And I think Scooby Doo in general, the masks are terrifying because yes. like, even the monsters when they have like the fake people on the real people when like Mary Jane and uh oh when she gets hit by the tree yeah when they're on the the ATVs and she gets hit by the tree and her face just dislodges horrifying that terrified me when I first saw it when I was a kid and it's still creepy I hate it it's a bit weird because she gets the like green eyes coming out as well (laughs) yeah out of place that's horrible right she pulls it back back like it's rubber but that's like actual human skin she she goes back into her human body then she's like why have i got a headache yeah like that's not a mask she that monster just put back that's human skin she doesn't have a skull anymore (laughs) because it only took her soul not her like bones and muscle did it take her bones and muscle? Are these people... monster bones. Are these people going back into their bodies and just crumbling? Just like if you get far enough away from the island, you you arrive back in your body and just wet sound as you like collapse onto the floor. It's you now a brain in a pile of skin. Good luck. That's horrifying. She's gonna go back to her body and be like, huh, my skin around my jaws feeling a bit loose. What the way that is. How do we feel about the obligatory Daphne and Fred kiss? Yeah. Uh, not earned. No. Not even a little. Like, no no tension there, nothing hinted at, no real interactions. It's just no. like, yeah, we just, it, it's a Hollywood movie. We need a kiss at the end so that we can have a music cue happen. Yeah. They're a real married couple, and we're at that time mm-hmm. as well. And it's like, where? <laughs> I feel no spark. <laughs> I, want, I want the Fred and Daphne post the gang breaking up divorce arc. <laughs> where they've like just finished like all of the separation proceedings and then they run into each other at the airport. Daphne's yeah. taking the kids. Fuck. Yes. Yes. So overall, do we think it held up though? Yeah, I think it's great. I think there were like one or two bits that didn't. But on the whole, yeah, absolutely. I think it held up surprisingly well. It's yeah. powerfully 2002. Yeah, if you, if you can deal with it being 2002 and if you can listen to some weird pop punk from Sugar Ray, which is a band that didn't really do much in the UK. I'll listen to some weird pop punk without having to watch Scooby Doo. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I Just thought the casting it. was fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we missed a couple of weed zones. Specifically, uh, we don't go anywhere uh, labelled spooky, scary, haunted or hydroclonic. And um, uh, reminds me of the time we tried to eat the guy in the hot dog costume. My uh, my main sort of criticism of the movie is it very much feels like I, I don't really know who the movie was made for. The intended audience is very all over the place. Mm-hmm. Dan, you mentioning that um, originally it was made as a, a more focused towards adults movie. I that mean, kind of tracks, actually. There is some real horniness in this film that they obviously had to edit around in places. Which is probably why the Fred and Daphne felt really off. It's, they probably cut a ton of it out. Yeah, most likely. So how many... 
Uh, nightmare human skin suits out of ten. I, I was gonna say how many souls from the Soul Bowl out of ten. I guess we could go with that one. Uh, <laughs> if if this were Telemundo's Spider Man, how how many people would watch it? How many Daphne wearing go go boots on the beach out of ten? How many sweaty <laughs> thighs out of ten? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's only a maximum of two. That makes it worse. How many dead chicken sacrifices out of ten? Yeah, how many dead chicken sacrifices out of ten? I'm going to say a solid 8. eight I will nine. say a solid 8 as well. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was going to say an 8. I'm going with 7 with a bit of salt. Like, the the tribes people scary thing thoroughly puts it in, like, post 9-11, 2002. Um, uh, other people are scary. But, like, it's good. Like, it's definitely, like, I don't know if it will be good to a new audience in the same way that it's, like, nostalgic for us right yeah that's a fair point actually like i i really enjoyed it because i've made i've seen it as a kid i know a lot of the beats i i mean i had forgotten quite a lot of it i can't i must have not seen this in in a good few years but yeah overall i just yeah i just genuinely really enjoyed watching it i had a good time i laughed out loud several times i'm definitely gonna be watching it again tomorrow yeah every (laughs) single day once a day and with that I have been Dan. I have been Michael. I have been Poppy. And I've been Luke. And you can find us on Twitter at Hilton Pod. That is at H-I-L-T-M Pod. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. If you'd like to leave us a review, you can. Uh, and Luke, who is on this episode, actually does the music for the podcast. Luke, do you want to promote your music? Oh, yeah, fine. Um, you can find my music at themenace.bandcamp.com. My name will be in the description. Good luck. Yeah, we'll 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 include some links in the description for this one. Good luck. That's ominous. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like pe- people like things more when they're a challenge. Okay, so first of all, my surname is a pain in the ass to spell, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Well, if you enjoyed this, uh, I hope you join us next week as we review Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed. Who's going to be on that one? Uh, I don't know. Getting jinky with it. No, 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 no,